Well, hello, Emerge. Good morning. Good morning, Emerge Online. How about that worship set, right? Golly, man. That was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Even the announcements were incredible. And so is the coffee, right? That's the thing about... Uh, this thing about Emerge, you know, it's just, it's good, man. I hope I can do the message, same justice as uh, the announcements. We got some world-class announcers here at, uh, and here's the thing, man, like, these are volunteers. You know, there are people, there are people that make church happen. Like, if you got a cup of coffee this morning, somebody made that. If you, if, if you had a, listen, if you had a barcode sticker ready for your child so that you could have a break, I mean, experience, um, what God wants to do in your life, somebody made that happen. And uh, Jessica gave a shout out to the new uh, to the new teens. I just want to encourage you to get in. I just want to encourage you to get in on whatever it is that God is doing because this I know is true. If you are faithful to build His house, He'll be faithful to build your house. Amen. And I'm not just talking about your home. I'm talking about the body. I'm talking about you. He will build you in a day like we're living in now. We need all the help we can get. So I want to encourage you to get in. I want to encourage you to get in on what God is doing. If you uh, want to serve, you can fill out a connection card at the hub. You can tell somebody after church. You just grab a staff member. Come see me. We'll get you plugged in because um, it's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. It's thankful for the people that make church happen. I'm thankful for the people that laid down their life and committed and we're faithful enough to answer the call of God to move to Tallahassee to plant this incredible church that we have. Thank you, Lord, for our pastors, Pastor Cynthia and Wade Moran. We're thankful for their obedience, thankful for their faithfulness. We truly have pastors that publicly and unashamedly say, follow me as I follow Christ. Are they perfect? No, but they're making progress. And I'm so thankful for them. So thankful that they are they are celebrating their 27th wedding anniversary this weekend. Come on. Come on. Give it up for the institution of marriage that was a gift. I'm so grateful that not only are they committed to the church, they're committed to their family. They took this weekend to celebrate with their family. From what I understand, there's a, there's a, a very important football game that's happening somewhere in a faraway land that they are going to experience as a family. I just hope that uh, they enjoy their time together. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm excited to be here. If you don't know me, my name is Benjamin. Uh, as Jessica said, my wife Catherine and I have been here for a few years, and uh, I'm just excited. I know that there are people tuning in online. We got people here in Leon County. We got people out in Louisiana, distant lands, far and far and wide, like Monticello and Sopchoppy. Listen, y'all don't mess with Stop Choppy, all right? They don't play. They don't play in Stop Choppy. All right, it's time to get down to business. If you're ready, say ready. ready. All right, some of y'all are ready. If you ain't ready, that's all right, because he's ready. He don't have to get ready. He stays ready. All right, so uh, I'm going to read Ephesians. We're going to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 3. Uh, verse 20 is a very popular verse, and this verse has gotten me through some of the toughest times of my life. But I want to back it up and start uh, in verse 14. So Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, flip to them. If not, hey, the, the production team's got you covered. They can put it up on the screen. Sign up for the production team. 
Ephesians 3, 14. When I think of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots, come on, what are you rooted in? Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of of life and power that comes from God. Now glory to God who is able through his might and power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Say infinitely more. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come now. Holy Spirit, fall fresh in this place. Fill your church, not the one that we built, but the one that you made. Fill us. Fill our hearts. Fill our hearts to overflow with your Holy Spirit. We don't need another sermon. We need you. I ask that you would come now and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so we are in week four, week four of a series entitled Full Filled, Full Filled. This is part four. Now, quick recap, quick recap. Part one, we looked at how God is extending an invitation, right? You're invited. That's the good news. Feels good to be invited. You have been extended an invitation to live life to the fullest. And then we took a a look in week two about the things that sometimes can keep us from living this life to the fullest. I can't remember if Pastor Wade gave us a, a title for that message or not. I called it full of excuses. You can call it full of whatever you want to call it full of. But there are some things that keep us from living this life to the fullest. Week three, come on, week three. Y'all, last week, last week, full of grace. Man, it was so refreshing. It was so encouraging. It was so, like, uh, revolutionary to get this full glimpse of what the grace of God is. If we really understood what the grace of God is, we would live different lives. It's his love. It's his mercy. It's his grace that causes change. And so... Uh, I've, I've been so excited about this series that we've been in. Um, e-groups, shout out e-group signups that are happening today. Woo! Catherine and I lead a, a college e-group, and I was so excited uh, for, the, for the series. I, I, I shot a message out to some of the college folks in the, in the church, and I said, listen, we're going to start three weeks early. We're, we're going to get in on this series. We're going we're gonna to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking through our pastor. And so our, our e-groups are meeting for three weeks. If you want to meet with us next week, if you've got a college person that you know that lives under your roof, encourage them to come to the Annex Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock. But this series has been incredible. And I, 
I don't know about you, but as we've been working through this, this series, I've, I've felt like this determination to try to engage in this pursuit of this, of this full life, of this amazing life, that, that this promise that God has invited us to, to experience. And I've been going after it. My, my resolve has remained un, unwavered. But I'll be honest with you, um, it's been a little bit more of a struggle than I uh, anticipated it to be because when you're when you're in these moments, right, and you engage in these these worship sets and you experience the fullness of God and you experience when the Holy Spirit it it, it gets you to another level. But then we go into life, and maybe you can relate, but I, I've I just felt like it's been a bit of a struggle. And there have been times, multiple times. That as I'm on this pursuit, I just I feel like it's been more than I can handle. As a matter of fact, I called I called <laughs> I, I took a break from work on Tuesday. I stepped outside my office. I called my wife. I said, "Darling, I know we got to be getting close to something that God has for us because what is coming at me right now is more than I can handle." And that's the thing, like. When, when, you're, when you are on the cusp of breakthrough, this is the year of breakthrough for our church. And when you're on the cusp of breakthrough, you have to remember what precedes the breakthrough is sometimes it's the breaking or sometimes it's the breakdown. It's like when the Israelites were just, they were on the cusp of freedom. And that's when Pharaoh sent everything that he had to go and bring them back because he knew, he knew if they were to break through and experience freedom, the freedom that God had for them, they would never come back. And so when you are closest to what God has for you, that's when you will experience some of the greatest attacks, because I'm here to tell you, you have opposition. There is an enemy out there that is after you, and he doesn't want you to go to the place that God wants you to go to, because he knows, he knows that if you get there, if you get to that place and you experience that thing, it's going to bring generational blessings, not just to you, not just to you, but to your house. And I'm not talking about just your home. I'm not talking about your, I'm talking about your family, your family lineage. And so sometimes when it's the hardest, that's when you're the closest and the enemy gets intimidated by where you're trying to go. And so the pursuit of this God-filled life, yes, it can be a struggle at times. That's why we need help. And it's not just any kind of help. It's the right kind of help. I know we work hard to surround ourselves with good people. We try to, you know, educate ourselves, make good decisions, make good plans. We take steps. We serve. We give. We, we volunteer. We join e-groups. But at the same time, we're doing all these good things. There is still this struggle. We've been diligent to find information. We seek out encouragement, but we need more. These things, they just aren't enough. Yes, we do need principles. We need actions to practice. But more than that, we need God's power. We need God's power at work in us. Yes, encouraging words are great. Encouraging words will sustain you. But more importantly than encouraging words, we need God's presence to fill us. We need explanations. We need examples. We need people to follow. But more than this, we need an encounter with God because an encounter with God can do more than one moment than all the meetings and all the counseling that you ever want to go to. It's a God encounter. 
So the scripture that we open with, Ephesians 3, it said in verse 16 that God will empower us through his Holy Spirit. Do you want to be empowered today? His Holy Spirit reveals to us his love. It makes scripture, when you're reading scripture and all of a sudden it hits you in a different way, his Holy Spirit makes scripture come alive. That's what the Holy Spirit does. John 14, it said that Jesus said that God would give us a helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God already knew that we would need help. Amen? He knew. He knew you would need help. Look at your neighbor tell him, you need some help. <laughs> I heard it. Amen. We do need some help. We need some help, but that's the good news. He knows you need help, and he wants to help you, and he's going to give you the help that you need. I have a feeling that you're trying to live life to the fullest, but there's one problem with your plans and your power. It's not his. It's not his. So today, we're talking about part four of being full, filled. I want to talk to you today about being filled with the Spirit. Now, before we get into um, preaching about the Holy Spirit, because listen, I, I, I love to preach. I love to preach. There's something that I enjoy, something that I I'm, I'm, I'm struggle with is teaching. There's a difference between preaching and teaching. And so before we get into it, I want to take a minute and just take a second to teach a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you want to take some time to study this morning? I know school just started. I know school just started, but we're going to study a little bit today. And here's the deal. You know the Holy Spirit better than you give yourself credit for. You do. In the beginning, in the beginning, when the, before the earth was formed, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. When, when God formed man, he breathed life into the nostrils of the man, and the man came alive. That breath that God breathed into Adam, that was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. All Scripture, in, in uh, 2 Timothy, it says all Scripture is God-breathed. And it can be used for teaching and rebuking and counseling. All Scripture is God-breathed. That, that breath from God, that, that's the Holy Spirit. You know this. But here's some things that you might not know about the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a force. It's not a good luck charm. It's not just energy. I hear people say all the time, oh, I feel like the universe is just leading me to speak to this person. That's not the universe. That's the Holy Spirit. And he is doing something in you, so you need to pay attention. The Holy Spirit is God. There is one God. There is one God that eternally exists in three equal persons. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the person of God. It's, I'll say it like this. Um, he's the God of the now. He's the God of the now. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus is in heaven. But the good news is he left his spirit here to remain on earth and dwell among us. We're familiar with God. We're familiar with Jesus. But we need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to know the Holy Spirit. And God is so strategic. He knew that we would need help. And we need help to live this life to the fullest. Jesus said it, but it's the Holy Spirit that actually enables us. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to do it, to actually walk out this full life that God has prepared for us. And so I've referenced, I've referenced it a couple times 
we are the temple. We are the house. We are the church. We are the house for the Holy Spirit. We know that God is for us. We know that God is with us. But what we really need is God in us. Come on, am I preaching to the right people today? Do you need God in you? Do you need some help? All right. So how does this happen? How does it happen? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? There's a lot of uh, opinions about what that looks like. There's a lot of discussion about what means or what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. What it means is you have God's power living within you. Simply put, when you have the Holy Spirit, you are filled with God's power. So a couple things. This might be something like a point. If you, want to, if you want to jot it down in your cell phone or if you brought a pen and paper or papyrus or whatever, you want to take notes. Here are some things. Here are some points about how the Holy Spirit can help you. Number one, the Holy Spirit will point the way for you. The Holy Spirit will point the way for you. The Holy Spirit will direct you. Despite the plans and the promises of God, we struggle, at least I do oftentimes, I struggle with decisions, direction. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? And we see throughout, over and over in the New Testament, how Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. This is how he knew when to withdraw. This is how he knew where to go, what to do. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. Hey, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. If he, he, where, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And we read throughout the epistles that the Holy Spirit will lead us. He will show us. He will guide us. He's described as a counselor. That means that you're going to enter into discussion with him, conversation with him. He's going to speak to you. You're going to speak to him. He's your counselor. The Holy Spirit will help you and point you to the way in which you should go. It gives us gifts. The Spirit comes with gifts, and you use those gifts. You have to put them into action. It gives you wisdom for decisions. It, give you, it gives you patience for parenting. It gives you, I thought I was going to get at least an amen from somebody in the house, right? I, it gives you these fruits, and it reminds us of what Jesus said, and it helps us to have discernment and discretion as we're trying to navigate the daily activities of life. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does is uh, he will convict you when you're wrong, it corrects us when we get off the path. Like, you've heard it described as that little voice in the back of your mind. And the thing about it is, when you hear it, it sounds a lot like you. It sounds like your voice in your head. That's the Holy Spirit using you, trying to communicate to you, to, to help you out and get you going where you need to go. John 16, 13 says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus. If you feel like you're being led and it's not pointing you to Jesus, I just want to give you a warning because the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always point us back to what God says. It always brings us back to the Scripture because that's the truth. It's the Spirit of truth. We can stand on God's Word because it's true. The Holy Spirit will point you in the direction for God's plans for your life. We want to live this God-filled life. We want to live a life that is full. We want to live a life that is filled. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will point you. Another, another thing that you might want to write down is the Holy Spirit will give you power. 
Come on. The Holy Spirit will give you power. In this pursuit of living life to the fullest, we have things to overcome. We have fears. We have habits. We have habits. We have hurts. We have past. Uh, the song that we were singing earlier, it said, uh, um, shake up the ground. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Okay, that's your habits, right? And if, and, and if it's shaking up the ground, you know, the ground is what you're rooted in. The ground is what you're standing on. The ground is what you're comfortable with. And so if you start to feel a shaking in your life, that's not the enemy coming after you. That just might be the Holy Spirit shaking you up, trying to break down some of the habits that, that you remember from when you were old. But that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. When, when you live in a new life, you, you are not old. You are made new. And so you are made new, but you may still have the old habits. And the Holy Spirit can help you break those and move forward into the plans that God has for you. But sometimes um, it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating, and we can feel like we're powerless. But the Holy Spirit is more than a feeling. The Holy Spirit is more than a feeling. Even though we feel powerless, and these things that we come up against, they make us feel um, empty. They make you feel empty like the opposite of full, right? We're pursuing full. We're trying to live filled. But how, so, how, how is it that so many times I feel empty. It's frustrating. But I want to challenge you today to look at your emptiness different. Can we talk about empty for a second? Can we talk about empty for a second? Everybody likes full. Everybody wants full. No one would choose emptiness. Quite frankly, we try to avoid it because we want full things. We want our fridge to be full. We want our pantry to be full. We want our gas tank to be full. Our bank account to be full. Can I get an amen? Our stomachs. We like things to be full. Our calendars, our marriages, our relationships. We want them to be full. We like things to be full. So we shy away from and tend to avoid things that are empty. And when we experience this emptiness, at least I've found in my life, when I experience the frustration of what feels like empty, I try to fill it up. I try to fill it up. And yes, God invites us to live these full lives. That's what he intends. But what's most important is not if you are full. It's what you are full of. It's what you are full of. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're full of it. It's important. It's important what you are full of. Because here's the deal. Hey, here's the deal. If you're full of the wrong stuff, you're better off being empty. I'll say it again. If, 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 if you are full of the wrong things, you would be better off being empty. You know why? Because God specializes in empty. That's just more room for him. Where you are empty, where you are without, that's where he can step in. God specializes in empty. He can make miracles out of empty things. In your emptiness, he can make a miracle. In your emptiness, you feel desperate. In your emptiness, you feel desperate for him. There's a desperation for him that gives him room to operate. Say room. Put a couple O's on it. Say room. I want to ask you, are you desperate for him today? Are you desperate for him today? 
Because you can have joy in your desperation if you remember that it's the emptiness that gives him the opportunity to move. Barren wombs, they, he turns them into nations. Five loaves and two fish, he will feed thousands. There's no room in the inn? Okay, I'll just find an empty manger because my plans will go forth, even in emptiness. He operates in emptiness. You better believe that tomb might be filled, but after three days' time, it's going to be empty because I know that my plans will prosper. That's what the Lord says. He sent a Savior, and that, room, that, that tomb was empty. It's not empty. It's just room for Him. When you experience empty things, they're not empty. That's just room for Him. That's room for Him. Tell Him, I got room. I got room. I got room. I got room. If there's something in your, if there's something in your life that you got to move, you got to move it. If you got to get it out of the way, make room for him. Make room. Make room. Y'all know I like titles. Technically, this is part four, full of the Holy Spirit. But I'll give you my title. I like to call this message "Room to Receive." Come on, do you have room to receive today? Do you have room to receive? Do you want to go a little bit more? Do you want to go a little deeper? Do you have room to receive? All right, so check this out. The Holy Spirit gives us this power to overcome. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. You will receive power. You're not going to go take power. You're not going to go get power. You're not going to go create power. He's the creator. And if you're going to get it, that means he's going to give it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Even though there are some strong cultural influences in this day. Come on, there's some strong peer pressures in this day. I'm not just talking to the surge kids. There's, there's some strong peer pressures in the adult life. All right? When you graduated high school, you didn't graduate from peer pressure. It's real. It's out there. But even though it is, there is a greater power. There's a greater influence on us, and it can be in us. That's the Holy Spirit. He will not only encourage you, but he will counsel you and he will help you to overcome those things that can feel so heavy, like you're carrying them, like temptations. He gives us the power so that we won't succumb or give in to temptations. That's how you overcome it. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 1.8, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. What kind of spirit? But the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes my mind, it doesn't feel sound. I'll just be real with you. It does not feel sound. But if I can take a second, if I can just step back and remember who God is and what his promises are, I can receive the power. I can receive a sound mind because he's willing to give it. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness and peace at the same time. How can you have boldness and peace at the same time? It's only explainable through the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter if you're in a fight. doesn't matter if you're in a storm. He can give you boldness and peace. And we don't have to run like cowards when we face this opposition because it's going to come. You have an opponent. But we can stand in confidence because he is greater that is within us than he that is in the world. He is in you. He's in you. And another thing that the Holy Spirit does, you can write this down. It might be like point number three. He shows us our purpose. 
You are not an accident. The life that you're going through is not haphazard. You were created on purpose. You were created for a purpose. You were created for his purpose, and he has plans for you. You need some guidance. You need some counsel. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and it gives you and helps you and takes you where you're supposed to go on this God-filled life. We have a purpose. It's to live our way. It's to live our life in such a way that it impacts and influences those around us. Yes, for encouragement and, and, and yes, for help, but more than that, for him, for his glory, for his kingdom, so that not one would be lost. All would be saved. That's what your purpose is, is to lead those and influence those around you. It can, yes, it's helpful when we see people around us have victories in life. I get motivated when I see somebody else having success. It's helpful. It's encouraging. It makes me think that I can do it too. But more than just benefiting from the victories of those around you, the Holy Spirit can restore your family. The Holy Spirit can restore your mind. It can break addictions and turn around generational curses, and it can give you a new life. That's what the Holy Spirit can do that no one else can. It helps us to realize that no matter what, even in the empty things, God can use it. God can use everything in our lives for his purpose. Romans 8.28, we know, we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let me hear you say his purpose. His purpose for them. The Holy Spirit helps us to recognize, to recognize and see purpose. It helps us to recognize how the brain works. It works off of cognitive memory, okay? So when, when, when you recognize, when you recognize something, it's because you've seen it before. You've never seen God's plans before. You've never seen God's purpose before. So how are you going to recognize it? How are you going to recognize? How are you going to recall it to your mind if you've never seen it before? You need the Holy Spirit to help you recognize it. Because I have found more times than not, the things that I pray for, the things that I ask for, show up differently in real life than they did in my mind. And I can't recognize them. I don't recognize God's blessings. The things that show up in your life that feel like hardships, that feel like oppositions, that feel like emptiness, that might just be God's blessing, but you don't recognize it. You don't recognize it because you've never seen it before. You can't recognize it. So you need the Holy Spirit to show you what God is trying to do in you. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know all of this. Maybe this is new for you. Maybe you don't realize that this is what the Holy Spirit is. That's okay. That's okay. Because the Holy Spirit is with us, but Jesus wants the Holy Spirit to be in us. Here's how I know. Here's how I know. Look at Acts chapter 2. Okay, this is a very famous uh, story in the Bible. And here's the thing. It's a story, yeah. And it's a narrative that we read, yes. But these things that we read about, these things that we study, these stories, these were real people. They were real people. And as a matter of fact, they were young people. 
These are real people that were living real lives. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't have air conditioning. But their lives that they lived, they were normal to them. It was their life. They had jobs. They had families. They had neighborhoods. They had homes. And they gave it all up to follow Jesus. They left it all. They left their life to follow Jesus. Everything that they knew as normal, they left it behind. And for three years, they followed him. They walked with him. They ate with him. They slept with him. They watched him perform miracles. And after three years, and walking away from everything that they knew, he was gone. Could you imagine? Could you imagine giving up everything that you know to be your life for a cause, for something you believe in? And after three years, it's gone. That's what happened to these people. And yes, he resurrected. And yes, we have salvation because of what he did. But they lived through it. He was gone. He promised them. He said, I'll come back. I'll send you a helper. But 50 days? We get upset when we got to wait for 50 minutes. When you go to the restaurant and you ask them what the wait time is, they tell you 50 minutes. Come on, baby, let's go to another restaurant. We're going to go somewhere else. I ain't got time for this. By the time you get to another restaurant, you would have already had a seat at the... Anyway. But you don't want to wait 50 days. 50 days. That's where we're at. It's the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind and it filled the whole house come on it filled the whole house where they were sitting they were empty the room was full but they were empty. Everything that they had been full of was gone. They were scared. They were in a new place. They were together. But they were empty. And the thing about God is He sent His Holy Spirit. He sent His Holy Spirit and they heard the sound. It was, it was violent. It shook the room. That shaking, come on, that's God. That shaking that you're experiencing in your life that feels like it's going to break something, that's God. That shaking, that just, that's, the, that's the precursor for the breakthrough. It feels like it's about to break down, but you're just about to break through because it's a violent shaking. 
and it filled the whole house. But see, it wasn't the room. It wasn't the upper room that the Holy Spirit was concerned about filling. He didn't care about the chairs. I know it says they were seated. He didn't care about the table. He didn't come to fill the room. He can. He will. He fills this room. He fills this room on a regular basis. Can I get an amen? Thank you, God, for Emerge Church. He'll fill the room. But it's not just the room that he's coming to fill. The room that the Holy Spirit was looking to fill, it was the room that was in their hearts that had been created by the emptiness that they felt. Come on, do you feel empty sometimes? I want to encourage you in your emptiness. I want to let you know that you can find joy in your emptiness because there's just more room for God to do something. That's just more room for God to work. I want you guys to stand. I want you to take a stand. I want you to stand up. And I want you to stick stick out your hands like this. All right? I want you to stick out your hands like you're about to catch something that's falling. Close your eyes and stretch out your hands because there is something that's falling in this place. It's the Holy Spirit and it's falling now. It's falling on you. It's falling to fill the empty thing in your life. And if it's too full, move it out of the way. Make room to receive the Holy Spirit. Because it's fallen in this place right here, right now. So, Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that it's here now. But I pray that it would not just fill this room. That it would fill your people. It would fill their minds. It would fill their hearts. So much so that there would be an overflow of your spirit. There would be an overflow of your spirit to those around us, our families, our friends, people that we don't even know would experience the fullness that you have for us in your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you in advance. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the hearts of the people of this church. Your church. Not emerged church. Not the building. Your people. The body. Every member has a job. Every member has function. Every member has a purpose. It might be a leg or it might be a fingernail, but it's got a purpose. And I pray for the Holy Spirit to come now. Holy Spirit, come now so that we would be filled and that we would fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your spirit. Thank God that he gives us his spirit. It's a good gift. He's a good father. He gives good things. The greatest gift of all was Jesus. He gave Jesus for you and for me and for us and for all of us 
And if you've never experienced the fullness of the gift of Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This may be the first time for you. This may be a rededication. This may be a recommitment. That's okay. We're all going to pray together corporately for the benefit of those around us because it's his Holy Spirit that moves us forward in confidence. So all over this place, lift your hands to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes and repeat after me. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you send Jesus for us. We declare you, Jesus, as our Lord. We confess with our mouth, and we believe in our hearts that Jesus died for our sins and was raised three days later. We repent now and experience your forgiveness in God the Father, in Jesus the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on. It's what it's all about, man. It's what it's all about.